Welcome to another leadership podcast from the team here at C3 Southwest Washington. To find out more about our church, visit c3swwa.com. Welcome to Leadcast, the official leadership podcast of C3 Church in Southwest Washington. I am your host, Jared Gillahan, and today we are kicking off part one of a three-part series on alignment. I'm in the studio with Pastor Steve and Pastor Saxon, and today we're talking about creating alignment on your team. Creating alignment on your, your team. team. And we're a team. Saxon, you weren't even we aligned team? with us. As oh, we sorry. Saxon, you updating Instagram? We need you to pay close attention to what we say in this one. Okay? Taking selfies. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is this all about me hey, and my misalignment? <laughs> we, yeah, we wrote this script just, just so we can you. have you here today. Hey, and so, it's, it's great to have Saxon in the studio. We don't it always is. get this opportunity for the three of us to do a podcast together, but yeah. great to have him in here. Yeah, on yeah, vacation. Definitely and, nice to change it up and be able to have him available. Yeah, yeah. we basically eye candy now. I know. Who's eye candy? <laughs> We're all on a podcast. No one can see us. <laughs> and I'm staring at you two guys right now. He's and got I ain't a, seeing no candy. <laughs> no candy. They have a face for radio. <laughs> yes. oh. Oh, all right. Well, just to jump in real quickly as we talk about alignment, there are four critical points to alignment in every church. So just to go through them real quick, it's important that you're aligned with your leaders, that you're aligned with Scripture, that you're aligned with your church vision, and that we're aligned with church culture. Like a four-wheeled car. You got it. They All all the tires point in the same direction. <laughs> yes. you, would, you would hope. <laughs> uh, reminds me of a story. Uh, you've probably heard me tell it a few times, but uh, back when I was uh, in college, my dad had bought a 1976 Toyota Corolla, and it was the late 80s on the East Coast, and over there it snows quite a bit, and they put a lot of salt on the roads. And those import cars back in that day... Man, they would rust out quick. I remember a guy uh, up the street from us who had bought a uh, Toyota pickup truck. And like a year later, the spot welds on the belt bed were, you could see them. They were terrible. They were, you know, they would, the cars would rust so quickly. In one year. In one year. So this 76 Corolla, um, basically on the inside, the engine bay, the strut housings had rotted off the inside of the car. <laughs> which meant the tires were pitched inward and in different directions. So my dad bought the car for cheap, and we pulled that car into the garage, and he tied off the struts on either side to the garage walls with, with come-alongs and got them fairly straight by eye. But we didn't have an alignment machine. I mean, so he, fairly straight. He, he welds these things up. And the car ran... Tied off to the walls of the garage. The, the car ran great, but you could never alignment like factory alignment. And uh, so at about 40 miles an hour, the, the wobble and the shake would increase. And at 50 yeah. and at 60, you couldn't go at 70 miles an hour because <laughs> the wheels would have blown off like of it. Your forearms were shaking so hard going down the road like that. But it was a cheap car. And uh, that's the car that I started dating Rowena with. And we owned Impressive. It was very impressive, and I, I explained it to her as like one of the features because, like back in the forties and fifties, they used to sell those weight loss machines that had a belt that would like shake your belly. Uh, my grandparents had one in the basement. Well, hold on, your that was your dad one. Hold on, my grandparents had one. This is bringing like, up so many questions. That was your dating pitch. Hey, get in my car. It's like a weight loss machine. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, it was so funny. Girl, we lived for a couple of years with my grandparents, and they had this this thing down in the basement. Yeah, yeah. It had a big. You stood on it. It had a platform. It had a band that you put around your waist and, and turned on the thing. Everything. It would shake your <laughs> belly. So me and my sister, as kids, it was like, "Hey, stick your head in that thing." <laughs> So <laughs> everything's making so much more sense now. <laughs> so, oh my gosh, we might. Oh, but anyway, so the car, oh. the car was the same way. The tires were out of alignment, and so, <laughs> as you can imagine, uh, what what a what a challenge to drive a vehicle like that down down the street because oh, uh, it was never. Uh, <laughs> wait, 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 I got. I have a question. I have a question because I know in your house today. Your workout room is downstairs. Yeah, we don't so have. Do you, do you ever think about that when you're going down? I, I have. I have, I have looked it up. I have looked it up online, and uh, of course, that doesn't lose any weight. I mean, it's, yeah. it but just it's, jiggles. They actually the just jiggles. Yeah, we actually have non-fun weight loss <laughs> uh, functional yeah. stuff down in our our thing. Here's what's interesting about. <laughs> <laughs> <Down in our laughs> basement. <laughs> I gotta get my mind back on track because my head is still shaking from yes. my childhood. Yes. Um, here's here's an important thing about alignment as it ties into this story about my car um, that I think is really important to to take note of as leaders. Um, that alignment is, in a vehicle is also similar to alignment in any institution, whether we're talking about church leadership or we're talking about at work or even your home. Uh, alignment progressively gets worse. And in in this idea of the car, a car will go from an uncomfortable ride, you know, when every, all the passengers are like, What's, what, something's, not, something's not right. Everybody's kind of looking around at one another. This car is shaking. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as it gets worse, then, then there's an emotional thing that begins to happen. There's concern for safety. Like, is, are we going to be okay? Mm-hmm. Right. Like, is this... And then there's another thing that begins to happen. There's actually wear and tear and damage that's happening to that vehicle because of its lack of alignment. You burn out tires. I was always replacing tires on that car. And that damage progresses. It goes from tires to tie rods to, you know, now could be frame. Um, It progresses to a point where actually as the driver who's trying to drive something that's out out of alignment... Uh, you actually end up as a driver not enjoying the ride. You're you're totally focused on um, controlling this hard this hard hard to control thing. Right. Mm-hmm. You wear yourself out trying to keep this car going straight down the road. Yeah. And if you flinch for a second, if you lose attention, if you lean over to grab a cup of coffee, you run the risk of accident, injury, or death for the people right. in the car. So, in that car analogy, I think a lot of those same truths apply to leading any group that those same things are experienced. If your group is out of alignment, if your team, your crew at work, or your ministry at the church, there's a discomfort to that that people experience. Sure. And then there's an emotional thing, like you begin to, like people begin to get stressed out, like there's this contention, or we're all going in different directions that can progressively get worse and worse and worse. That's why, you know, some churches blow up and have splits. Why some companies shut down? Yeah, they had things, a great product, yeah. great mission, but things, things just alignment pro- progressively continue to to vibrate apart. Right, alignment's like critical. I mean, it does. If all four tires are pointed in the in the correct direction, we get to the destination. Otherwise, it is a labor to get there, yeah, and, you, and right. you likely might not ever get there. And there could be casualties. Yeah, and not to kill the analogy, but um, I think you you really start sensing that that misalignment before you even really know yeah. what, what, what the source of it is. Right. Like you start to feel that shaking. Something like, starts oh, to feel not quite right. 
Yeah, yeah. we're going. We're, well, we're, and, yeah, and in a normal car, um, it creeps up on you so slow you hardly notice it. Yeah, that's that's the thing that you have to be aware of. That, but a new passenger that gets in the car, like, well, what the heck's going yeah, on? Whoa. Why are your arms shaking? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I guess they are. Yeah. yeah, but it's been so progressive over time, and so I think that good leaders. One, uh, one, one of the important responsibilities of good leaders is to recognize signs of misalignment. Yeah. It's really important to do that because there's the, that graduated scale that will get worse over time. And I think any misalignment that you take care of early yeah. uh, allows for the better function and, and for you to arrive at your destinations as desired. Well, I think it's important to take take quick action and recognize as early as possible. Also, because typically, you know, like like Saxon was alluding to the, by the time you realize there's an issue, Mm -hmm. you are a lot further down the road than you, than you would have realized. It's not like you started at zero and now we're at one. And I realize it's, Oh, I started at zero, but I didn't notice it until 35, right. you know? And so <laughs> right. you, you, need, you need to take action quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that uh, I had a chiropractor tell me one time, actually, that your spine, most people come into a chiropractor because they have back pain. But the truth is, is that you don't actually start experiencing any back pain until you have at least 40% oh, wow. misalignment. Yeah. Wow. Right. So well, with, you got to take action. Yeah. With young adults living, you know, through the years in my home, my, my own kids, it's amazing how little attention the kids pay to the tires on their car. Right. And so there's been or a few the times. Oil. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the tires are a quick one that I can just walk by the car and I'm always, you know, I look at tires yeah. on mm-hmm. my vehicles because they will, they are indicators that something it's is wrong. wrong. Right. And yeah. it's, it's funny how long people will go without ever looking. And so if you take a look, you can actually observe some of those signs that will show that things are out of alignment before it becomes really, really dangerous. I've uh, looked at, you know, one of my, I won't tell you which child's car, but uh, metal bands <laughs> are showing. And, you know, this is going to cost you quite a bit of money, not to mention the fact that it's extremely dangerous, dangerous right. down the road. Somebody could get killed. You're not expecting it. And all of a sudden that tire blows and you're like, what happened? When in reality, all the signs were there and you could have fixed right. that, saved the tire, right. saved the life. So I, 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 I think it's alignment so, so, so critical Absolutely. on any team that we lead. Agreed. And as a leader, one of the key responsibilities is to encourage alignment mm-hmm. and recognize the misalignments, lead everyone back to a place of unity sure. as quickly as possible. So maybe let's hit a couple things that leaders can do that encourage alignment. Well, I, I think for, for me, you know, we set the tone as a leader by being able to be led. All of us have a leader over us. And, sure. And so I think one of the keys is for us to always lead from a position of being aligned. You mentioned at the beginning, you know, that when we talk about alignment, we're talking about being aligned with our leaders, with scripture, with the church vision and in culture as it applies to church. Um, as a leader who's trying to propagate alignment, mm-hmm. I need to be aligned as well. Right. You know, which means I got to, you know, I got to take a look at my life and line it up with scripture. When it's not, I need to address it. Or I have leaders over me, mm-hmm. you know, P- uh, Pastor Jurgen and sure. Pastor Leanne would be my pastors. Mm-hmm. I was on the phone a few months back and Pastor Jurgen adjusted um, a, uh, a perspective that I had and I allowed him to do it. He's my pastor. He was correct. I trust him. He, he was right. Um, now I could have dug my heels in and been like, listen, bro, <laughs> you know, yeah. and, uh, the, the thing is no one would have known about that phone call, but those inward things begin to show their as signs on the outward. You know, yeah. I'd be alone with another leader. I'm like, pastor Steve, we're not supposed to do that. I ah, don't worry about it. I'm the pastor. Yeah. You know, those yeah. things, yeah. those things, uh, 
they, they rise yeah. up, they make their way out. It's sure. a smell, it's a fragrance. Alignment has a has a flavor, has a smell to it that even though there's not a moment where you're watching somebody follow somebody else, it gives off an aroma in just even how we talk. And so um, I think that by being aligned as a leader, that allows you to create a culture where other people are willing to be aligned behind you. Yeah, it's really good. Me, my turn. I would say uh, constantly cast a vision. Um, I think if you if you don't know where you're going, um, it's hard to hard to get people to to go with you. Um, and so, in encouraging alignment, uh, I've heard it said that that um, that uh, vision leaks, right? Sure. So Absolutely. you cast a vision, um, and people may be behind you, but over time that that vision has a tendency to, to, to leak out. And, and the reason that you're going that direction, um, tends to fade away a little bit. Um, and so constantly casting that vision, forecasting what we're doing, where we're going. Um, and as leaders, um, we speak the vision until we're sick of hearing it. And then we, and then we, and then we repeat it some more. Um, uh, it's, you know, in, in anything that you do, you have to have that, that constant reminder of where you're going. It's a constant, constant reminder. It gives, it is a constant refresher of clarity for the people you're leading. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. So they don't forget. An uh, example is like on Sunday mornings, we started a 10 to ten fifteen prayer time where we've invited everyone to come in and, uh, you, you feel like me, me as the, the one who's leading and having other leaders participate and lead the rest of the group in prayer. You, you feel like the coach of a football team. You're, you're just encouraging the same thing all the time, but it's important that you do that because you, you want the entire team to move forward and function at a certain level with a certain posture, with a certain energy level. And I can tell you that if you don't make those statements, if you don't constantly chime in and encourage and celebrate when it's done, uh, done well, that it, it, it um, like, like we've said about alignment, alignment never gets better. It always gets worse. Yeah. And so uh, a speeding car slows down, you mm-hmm. know, an arrow stops being straight and drops to the ground. And yeah. so it's like entropy, vision, like you said, vision leaks. So yeah. you're constantly having to cheer on the direction and, and proclaim the direction. And that's so critical to do that because there's new people to also jump in the group and then there's other people that get discouraged or there's get lazy or whatever. So you have to constantly keep repeating yourself. And about the time you feel like you're repeating yourself, you've hardly begun to break, yeah, right. you know, uh, into people's heart of, Oh, that's what we're supposed to be doing. So yeah. I think it's really critical to be vocal sure. regularly. Agreed. I also think that it's really good to um, encourage, uh, invite and empower people forward who are already aligned. Yeah, I think that like if you're leading a ministry and you're building a ministry and there's multiple layers to that ministry or that team or, you know, whatever hierarchy, hi, hierarchy, is that? Hierarchy. 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 It's like a seven-syllable <laughs> word. Um, you should only invite people up to the next level who are already aligned at the level at which they're at. Because alignment's yeah. never going to get better. Uh, above, above gifting? Sure. Give. Um, well. Um, no. 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 Um, maybe I'm not. Um... No. I, I. I'm. I'm asking. Would. You, would you rather have somebody? Um, oh, I see what you're saying. Okay. Uh, I would uh, not invite somebody into or gifted. A, well, or gifted. Well, in, they need to be gifted to do the thing that that you're calling them to do. Don't ever. You know. Don't right. ever put a square peg in a round hole. 
But if they're not aligned, I don't care how gifted they are. Gifting isn't the qualification. Gifting is not the qualifier. It's it's maybe it's maybe the number. It's a number on the list that catches your attention. But a but a uh, a worship leader who doesn't believe in your philosophy for worship should never be invited into that position. They need to be aligned with you. You know that four things that you mentioned. Yeah. They need to be aligned with their leaders. They need to be aligned with Scripture, the vision of the church, the culture. If, if you don't see that flavor, those four things in the flavor of who they are there, do not, do not invite them forward because that's not going to change. You're better off adjusting them in a lower level of influence where they're at than you are giving yeah. them greater influence. Because here's the thing, the worse a car gets out of alignment, the greater pressure that has to be exerted on that vehicle to get it aligned. Yeah. I mean, there's a cracking that has to happen for a real alignment yeah. to, ha- to happen. So if somebody's fighting your your vision, they got a different vision, man, that needs to be adjusted beforehand and early on in the stage. Can I ask you yeah. a question? Yeah, go ahead. Have you ever put anybody in a position yeah. uh, yeah, that elevated, elevated gifting yeah. over alignment? It, it, no, I, here's the mistake I made. <laughs> I, I, I made the mistake of thinking they'll get it over time. Yes. And they don't. Yeah. A car does not. I mean, it's like looking at my car, saying, "Oh, you know what? It's hope and wait, it's, right? It's hope and you're wait. Hoping it'll change. Well, and I'm waiting to see it. You're hoping that your culture Will is, is going to rub off on them like osmosis, and and this is these are this needs to be trained into them. And if you can't train them, train that into them in a position when they have little influence, it's going to be accentuated on a higher mm-hmm. level because yeah. they're going to propagate their lack of alignment and get people to align with them yep. in a different direction. Well, and you get pushback because I was good enough to do this position right. before, right. but now you're telling me I'm not the right. person I need to be. How can that be? Right. That's This is like a Pastor 101. I, yeah. I was dealing with a church planter this last year who um, he had a couple come into his church with a lot of ministry experience, and man, he he needed somebody who was sharp. This couple was sharp, and they were a sharp couple, yeah. but they were sh- they were also from a different place, time setting situation. That now they show up in his setting, and the, and there's not alignment. There's gifting, there's desire, but he put them in positions, and then as he tried to adjust culture, he tried to adjust vision, he tried to adjust alignment with himself. They were like, oh, "Listen, don't micromanage us. Yeah, just let us do our thing." Well, the problem is. You know, there's, we're all rowing from this spot on this shore across the bay to that shore. Yeah. But you're using a paddle. I'm using a motor. And that guy over there is, you know, <laughs> using, you know, hopes and wishes and dreams. And, you know, we, we all need to be in the same boat rowing with the same type of oar yeah. in the same cadence for us to successfully, as a group of people, get over there. So there's many ways to get over there. This couple, what they wanted to do, sure, works. Works in a different church, but yeah. it's not going to work in this church because, you know, of the obvious. And so the difficult part was then you have to have the discussion of, I'm not micromanaging you, you know, exactly what you said. Yeah, yeah. but you trusted us before, <sighs> you know. So you end up putting people in positions and hoping they're going to adjust themselves to you. And really what you need to do is make those adjustments first as the car gets going. That's good. So con- constant uh, small adjustments on the fly. I think that's just, I think that's, that's the way leaders function. Yeah. Listen, you can, I mean, and as somebody with experience and a background in leadership and management, you cannot ignore misalignments. Right. You cannot ignore problems, even small ones. They mm-hmm. need to be addressed. Yeah. It's an ongoing process. Sure. And, and I think that one of the things I think that we even sitting here in this room need to be open to is, is 
our leaders adjusting us regularly on Absolutely. the fly. It's not criticism. Well, it's 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 encouragement. I listen to Pete Carroll adjust. Sure, uh, you know Wilson. Well, listen, I the mean, greatest quarterback ever on the greatest team ever. But you know our 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 coach. He's constantly giving instruction to adjust ever so slightly. He's taken an A and turning it into an A+. Right. And so we shouldn't receive those adjustments from the people, our leaders, as a criticism. They, they're rooting for us. They're helping us, our blind spots. There's just a, so much value well, there. And, and, and to listen to trusted peers as well. Right, right. Yeah. I mean, because I know that in, just in this setting, in this team, mm-hmm. we, you are always open. Mm-hmm. To input from oh, us. Oh, for sure. You yeah. Li- you listen to your trusted passengers because sometimes they see things and hear things yeah. that you're that you've become numb to and you don't catch. Well, you and I had a conversation yeah. not too long ago where you're like, Hey, listen, I want to talk to you. You know, it feels like and then you laid something out about our Sunday services. Mm-hmm. And I said, Well, I'm not really I'm not really the guy that can control all that. And you said, Well, actually you are. <laughs> <laughs> and I was <laughs> oh. I didn't personally like that. <laughs> Um, but my takeaway walking away was... I didn't personally like saying it. <laughs> well, but my takeaway was, okay, I might not be able to control the whole thing, but I can... What can I do? Right, right. And I intentionally did a couple things different the very next Sunday, yeah. and I think that... Um, it, it made it a huge difference. Huge, made yeah. a huge difference. Yeah. 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 That's good. 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 Saxon? Well, and I, and I think that that's probably the next point is aligned from a position of relationship. Yeah. Um, relationships are key. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Uh, when when you know that somebody's got your back, yeah, difference between being a complainer, yeah, or somebody that cares about you, yeah, um, mm-hmm. it's it's different. Um, family is different than being a customer. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Well, treat if, people like family. If uh, if I'm out and about with with my family and a stranger comes up and tries to tell me how to take care of my kids, mm-hmm. um, chances are I'm not going to listen. Be <laughs> <laughs> like, how many do you have, sir? Yeah. <laughs> Turn around and walk away. Uh, but I'm a police officer. <laughs> yeah, uh, different politics. Yeah. <laughs> but um, but relationships are, are are hugely important in that, um, and that's why it, we intentionally do things to build relationships mm-hmm. in our church family. We Absolutely. have dinner parties that you know we gather together to to build relationships. Those are the hey, which let me just say, we're awesome. And if you weren't there, you need to get signed up. Dinner parties. <laughs> get to dinner parties. They are, nice. they are good. But building those relationships, uh, they are the, the foundation for being able to, to, to bring alignment. Absolutely. So, yeah. it's good. What else? I think that uh, when, you, when you go to align someone, you should try to do it from, especially on the early, the, the front end, always be encouraging and yeah. uh, paint a positive picture. That's good. Um, you know, uh, to, to, to be able to adjust somebody's swing up at the plate, you want to speak to the strength of what they're doing, but encourage the adjustment. Because um, I think we, we, we tend to initially respond to any type of adjustment as criticism. Right. But we don't want to come across as critical. This has been a, well, no. a difficult part on my end because um, years ago I would always say, well, I want to help your A- minus be an A. Mm-hmm. But then I would spend a lot of time talking about the negative. Mm-hmm. And I think that is if you if you come in with the positive, make the small adjustment and make and time-wise, even the amount of time you spend talking about it, it's small and encourage it and then follow up with some encouragement at the end. It lets a person know that, hey, I'm doing great, but I could do a little bit better. Here's the thing I can do, and but I'm still doing great. I think that that's a, that's a better recipe. It's definitely yeah. something yeah. that I've had to work on because if you always are focusing on the negative side, yeah. even though it's turning an A to an A+, still it just always feels really negative, and it's, it, it's, it's not, it doesn't create an atmosphere 
for the plant to grow. Right? Well, and it's just, I think it's just as much for the leader as it is for those that are receiving that that adjustment. Um, because if we come from a position of encouragement, mm-hmm. like that, that it does something for us that that That's we true. that we recognize sure, yeah. we yeah. recognize how 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 good things are or or yeah. Um, if it's always the negative, it's like, oh, mm-hmm. man, you didn't do this or what, you know. Well, a good a good leader or a good coach helps you grow and become better. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They don't help you stop sucking. <laughs> right? <laughs> right. I mean, it, Absolutely. It, right. It, it might amount to the same thing sure. mathematically, but it's a very different focus. Right? Yeah. 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 I think that uh, as you do make those um, those adjustments, you start speaking from encouragement. I think you have to recognize that it's not going to be a one discussion type of thing. I think that most adjustments are going to require a follow up and a follow up and a follow up right. and yeah. a follow up. Um, because um, circle I, back around. Too, too often, I, I have bought into this idea. Well, I already told you, right? And I think that uh, <laughs> yeah. I think that. Uh, if it comes across encouraging, it's going to need to be said probably 10 or 15 right. times. You know, if it's a kid up at the plate swinging the bat, yeah. and if it's a leader that's trying to learn how to be maybe more confident while they're sharing from the pulpit, you're going to need to speak to it after this, before the service, after the service, and then next week again before they do their thing. And I think that we need to see that as a good thing yeah. and participate in it. And as the one receiving it, it, for it to be positive, but as the one who's engaging in it, sharing it with that that person that you're trying to lead, to also understand your role, that this is an encouraging thing. You're helping right. them to grow. Well, and it's ultimately less frustrating for you as the leader when you have that perspective. Yeah. Right? When you realize this is a process. Mm-hmm. It's not a once and done. Right? Right. Because, because, right, right. because the truth is, if I want to see, if, if you're on my team and I want to see you win, mm-hmm. how long do I want to see you win? Mm-hmm. Well, I want to, I, I, I have that desire. <laughs> yeah. I have that desire until you actually win. Yeah. It's not a, if it's, well, I wanted to see you win. I gave you a pointer. You didn't do it, and you, sure. you blew it. Right. And now I'm ticked off and frustrated because I told you. Mm-hmm. Really, want, what I wanted you to do was do what I told you to do. <laughs> yeah. Right. Not win. Yeah. I well, wanted you to win for you. Right. The, because the bigger picture is not the task; it's the right. person. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, at the bottom, at the end of the day, um, I don't want that person to speak with greater confidence because it makes them more effective. Although it does, I want them to speak with greater confidence because I believe that they are that person, right. and they yeah, they right. need to function in the who they are. They need to function as a confident well, person because that's how God created them. Really, really, what we're talking about there's an, there is an element of the prophetic in this. Absolutely, you are you are drawing out, you yes. are calling out what is already there. Absolutely, what it, what it should be. Abs- yeah. Absolutely, I think that you speak that into existence. Now, I don't think you you know I don't think you go to somebody who's a horrible singer and say, "Hey, you're amazing." I think that that. <laughs> I heard this. This is a fantastic thing. Encouragement is different than flattery. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Honor is different than flattery. Flattery is lies. Mm-hmm. It's it's saying something that's not true. Encouragement is speaking to the truth and pushing somebody forward. Right. So right. Uh, that kid that can sing, hey, you're doing a great job. Sing from your gut, not yeah. from your throat. So yeah. you're 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 speaking to something that is. It is truthful. And you're pushing it forward. I think right. that flattery just is a stinky thing. You know, it's not something we want to participate in. Yeah. Right. That's that's when I show up to try out for the worship team. Yeah. And they say, Hey Jared, have you considered checking out spreadsheets? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I think and a lot of a lot of difficulty is avoided. Uh, yeah. 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 It's you know, it's it's so frustrating to see people who have bought into flattery yeah. and who now their mom told them they were the greatest right, singer right. ever and they're on American Idol and they're like, I don't care what those coaches well, say, I'm amazing. And they actually believe it. They end up and spending not. they end up spending a lifetime trying to fulfill some misplaced dream that's never going to happen because that's not who they are. 
I believe because I some... can fly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, All right. Also, I also think it's important that in those steps of constantly encouraging that you you really do celebrate the wins. You know, Absolutely. there's going to be some some ground yeah. taken yeah. there, and you need to take a moment to point that out um, and to celebrate it. And as we've heard it said over and over, you get more of what you celebrate, right. uh, whether it's in a, in a church service, it's in a team huddle, it's coming back from a play, it's mm-hmm. uh, after a trip, it's after, you know, youth services. Yeah. I know, you, I know Saxon, you guys do this with the students all the time after the, after the gathering's over, leaders gather, and sometimes students gather as well, and you begin to point out these are, these were the, where the wins were. Yeah. And you probably point out, and this is kind of where we dropped the ball, but we're going to do better next yep. week. Yeah. And so it's, it's all about coaching forward. It's bringing everybody into alignment. And because when, when things are aligned, man, it is a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful thing. Yeah. yeah. And celebrating those wins builds confidence. Especially yeah. when somebody's like doing something for the first time, they're growing into a new area, right? I mean, especially if it's a stretch yeah. for them, you know, and you affirm them and say, that was, you know, good mm-hmm. job, celebrate that win. Yeah. That first time, there's a little bit of that, really? You know, I mean, sure, like, sure. I don't even know that I believe that about I, me. I think Did I, I get successful lucky? by accident. Maybe I got lucky. Yeah, yeah right? exactly. And after you've had a couple of wins like that, though, consistently, People begin to believe maybe this is who I am. Maybe I can do this. That's mm-hmm. actually right. I, I love like when somebody uh, steps out for the first time. Yeah, and and you've given them that encouragement, but they're still they don't believe it yet. Right, and they do it and they're successful. And maybe you know you encourage and but there's that point that they the light they turns on and you're like. Hey, I can do this. That that actually is is fun for me. We see that with the youth all the time. You know, you, you, they kind of step out a little bit, and and then all of a sudden they gain gain that traction. But and now suddenly they're not stepping out. It's their territory. It's their territory. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, it's really good. Well, unfortunately, there are sometimes you know in this process where people are not going to become. They're not going to allow themselves to be aligned or conformed right. or adjusted. Right. And it, it's unfortunate it does happen. And sometimes it's maybe because you've put that person into a realm that they're not gifted for. You sure. know, you're going to find that you're maybe you're trying to bring something out of them that does not exist, which is, um, you know, your fault as a leader. I've done that. I've done that to you guys mm-hmm. at different times, which yeah. in positions that... <laughs> what are you talking hey, about? What hey, are you talking about? Saxon, can you whip up a spreadsheet? <laughs> no. Jared, Jared, could you meet that person? <laughs> Jared, could you be in charge of our greeting team? <laughs> so, uh. um, so sometimes sometimes the, the it's not an issue of alignment. It is an issue of gifting. Right. But there are some times where people just are not going to buy into what, right. you know, the direction that you're going in. And... I think again, you know, the the secret to solving that is early on. But sometimes you find yourself in deeper water than you should be with someone on your team, and you know, uh, sometimes you have to. You know, sometimes you can't straighten out the alignment. Sometimes right. you got to take a tie rod off yeah. and put a new one on because it's bent. Right. And those are tough moments, but those are moments that you, as a leader, that you you have to recognize. Sometimes you're going to have someone on your team who has a bad attitude. Right, and they're not going to adjust. Maybe it's a season of life. Maybe it's, yeah. you know, you're doing everything you can. Yeah, a lot Maybe, of things. There's a million different things that can come to that. But sometimes it's important to just remove that person, and you should always do it with love. But you should do it, yeah, because it affects the everybody in the vehicle. And sometimes it's for a season. Sometimes it's forever. But 
Right. It needs to be addressed. Right. And you know, when you when you pull somebody off of a team, you give them a timeout. We've seen this on some of our teams. Sure. Somebody's not healthy. Maybe they're really really struggling in some areas that they don't af- think affects their 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 role on the team, but it does. Yeah. And so you you ask them to ride the bench for a while. It's always interesting after those decisions are made to watch what that person does because in those moments they'll reveal their true character, they'll reveal their yep. real heart. Right. And and if they'll trust you as a leader because you're not you're not against them, you're for them. If they'll respond, if they'll listen to you, if they'll follow instruction, if they'll work through that season, man, it just makes them an even better yeah. teammate. Yeah. It, but sometimes they pull yeah, the pin absolutely. and eject. And you know the truth is that's the same person as they were two weeks before. Absolutely, they were they were willing to pull the pin on you and this entire team back then. Right, it's just you created the perfect storm for that to happen, and uh, that's unfortunate. But it it reveals to you it this happen. tie rod should not be on the front end sure. of this car because sure. it's not yeah. reliable. And I think I, I think a lot of leaders spend a lot of mental energy um, when that. When you get to that point, and you have to remove somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, like it, it just becomes like oh, I, I failed, or or right. so you spend right. so much energy on on worrying about that that part that was out of alignment um, instead of celebrating the fact that n- now you can bring alignment right, to your sure. team. Right? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. There's a uh, there's a philosophy in the management world. You should hire slowly and fire quickly. Yeah. And it's 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 the same process you're talking about here, right? You know, right. Be, be slow to elevate people, make sure that they're aligned, but be very swift in in addressing the misalignment issues. Yeah, and and when you when it becomes clear that they're not adjustable yeah. for whatever reason, right. health right. or season right. of life or just overall the the ethos of of you know who they are. You, you got to pull them out quick. Yeah, I've tried to. I've tried to remove people slowly, and yeah. let's be gentle about this. That's the death by and a thousand. Cuts. Yes, and it has backfired yeah. significantly. Yeah, and so pull. Just looking at somebody and saying, "I'm sorry, this isn't going to work. I'm going to pull you off this team." Right. And you don't even have to go into all the million of reasons. Everything that's led up is enough of breadcrumbs to right. know. I think sometimes the more we draw draw it out, the more we labor through it, the more we massage misalignment the you know it doesn't solve anything so just take care of removing the tie rod it's a person so don't throw it in the trash can right. it's somebody you love so you know that's a sacred tie rod there's a process for them after you pull them sure. off of the framework of of this particular team but you still got to pull them off yeah and and so that way you can move forward yeah it's really good and you can't measure the response in that moment no it's nobody likes being more. corrected right like they get to walk away and give people the opportunity to process and see how sure. they will deal with it moving forward but yeah. sure sure yeah because sometimes people will respond really well yeah and go home and sour right sometimes right. people will blow up and and uh then work through it then some people you won't know where they're at and it's gonna take them six weeks mm-hmm. right you know so yeah. you just got to give it a season that's, that's some good input you got to give it a season good good talk all right. Anything else to add before we wrap it? Oh, I think that's good. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I love when things are aligned. I can tell you as a yeah. as a uh, as a team. You know, you picture the, the the I don't do this, but rowers right. in a boat, watching the synchronized cadence mm-hmm. of the of the guy who's standing in the bow of the boat. Yeah. Okay. He's not rowing at all, but he's calling out the cadence. Yeah. And that team, they're watching one another, and they're all rowing. It just looks so amazing and so precise. It's all about reducing drag. It's all about reducing resistance. It's about getting from here to there Mm -hmm. quickly, fast, winning. And I think that when we get into alignment, whether it's uh, just a small team within the church or the whole church, 
you know, we, we accomplish goals mm-hmm. much better. Whether that's getting into God's presence, raising money, building a ministry, uh, moving towards a goal, um, that alignment's critical. But man, what a beautiful thing. Now, when it's out of alignment, uh, so yeah. uh, get aligned. <laughs> that's the best thing I can good, say. Good, good, good. Well, that's all the time we have for this episode of creating alignment on your team. I hope everybody's looking forward to part two. We're going to be talking about tips on aligning with your leader. So until next time, I'm Jared Gillahan. Thank you for listening. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our pastors, leaders, and what we do at C3 Church, visit our website at c3swwa.com.